Hello, and welcome to How to Be a Better DM. My name is Tanner Wayland, and together we're going to learn how to be the best DMs that we can be. And we're going to have a great time with our players, I mean, because that's the goal, right? Uh, today we're going to jump right into the topic, borrowing. Now I'm not talking about, oh, you don't have dice, borrow that from a friend. No, I'm talking about borrowing in terms of like creating your one-shots and your campaigns and how borrowing can help you as a DM uh, get do a lot more than you by yourself could accomplish. Uh, so what do I mean? Basically, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the idea that there aren't any new stories out there uh, in terms of like, hey, any story that you and I can come up with, there's probably a story out there that, if not exactly, is fairly close, beat for beat, with the plot that you have in mind. Um, and that's, I mean, in some ways that could be discouraging, but uh, my topic today is trying to convince you that it's not. That you can actually help improve your storytelling and even better, save you time and effort by uh, by borrowing from the best stories and, and myths and ideas out there. Uh, so... Why Why am I kind of harping on like, hey, it's really important? I'm harping on it because, frankly, I have an issue of when I'm going into a session or when I'm planning a one-shot or anything like that, I really want to make it something novel and new and something that the players will be like, oh my goodness, I've never seen that. Now, if I'm being realistic with myself, that's not... <laughs> I mean, that might happen some of the time, but most of the time, they're just going to be like, oh, that was a good story. Uh, and they're not going to be thinking, oh, I've never experienced a story like that. They might be surprised occasionally, uh, you know, because you know, I think that some DMs fall into kind of a routine of doing similar stories. So sometimes if you switch to a new type of story or campaign or session where the objective's different, it's not just beating an enemy. It's instead uh, escaping a, a castle or something like that or a prison then they might be like, oh, that was kind of a fun change. But they're not going to judge you for, oh, a prison escape? I saw Shawshank Redemption. Kind of a lame idea. No one's going to be like that. <laughs> they're always going to be like, hey, I like that it was new and novel for them. They're not going to care about how, like, if the idea that spawned the story uh, that you kind of ran them through, they're not going to care where you got that from. And in some ways, they might actually appreciate it. Uh, specifically, think about movies and stories that inspired you and and interest you. Uh, maybe maybe even from some really good genres like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, uh, or some classics like Alice in Wonderland, Count of Monte Cristo, things like that. You can pull so many wonderful uh, set pieces and ideas for for plot. Uh, development from these stories like Lord of the Rings uh, I was talking about a prison escape um, you know which I mean there is a prison escape in the Count of Monte Cristo <laughs> uh, just as a side note and it's a really amazing part of that book if you haven't read it um, where he literally like kind of tunnels out with the help of his pr of a prisoner friend who dies on him essentially he tunnels out and then it doesn't work and then he switches place with the body you know, that's kind of, that's an amazing, interesting story that frankly, as a DM, 
you're worried about getting stat blocks. You're thinking about getting, uh, you're thinking about how, which characters to put in, right? And then on top of that, you're supposed to think of a really cool, interesting prison escape with a lot of different uh, outcomes. I mean, that's, it's not impossible, but that's, that's kind of a tall order. Uh, now, think about it the other way. If you, uh, let's say that you're like, hey, I want to do kind of a big battle. And you're like, oh, I'm not feeling inspired. Rather than racking your head and eventually just landing on, oh, we'll just do a straight, you know, five players versus uh, ten enemies and, you know, some of them are minions. You could do that. Or you could look at the things, at the stories that you currently know and you could borrow. You could kind of snatch set pieces from them. Uh, you could borrow uh, Helm's Deep from Lord of the Rings, um, twin ta- uh, the two towers, <laughs> uh, and and what you could do is be like, okay, I'm going to make a fight that is very reminiscent of Helm's Deep. It's going to even have similar kind of uh, wave mechanics, right? You know, in Helm's Deep, how initially there's a lot of fighting from the top of the wall, and then eventually some big catastrophe in lord of the rings it's a bomb like a huge bomb but in your game it could be something slightly different you just could reskin it to some other catastrophe that makes it so that you have to fight you know down on the ground with the enemies and then finally you get pushed back and you're just kind of doing a siege and you have to decide what to do at that point see that is such an interesting uh, development for a for a castle-based fight um, in a war, right? And you didn't even have to come up with all those different ideas. You just have to take it, reskin it, and even, and this is kind of what I want to uh, talk about as a tip here, you can even uh, reskin it, but still kind of clue your players into the fact that, hey, take a lot of, I took inspiration from Lord of the Rings. You should too. Um, Because, I think we all know that our players, when they're going into D&D, they already have some uh, some inspirations from from media and from stories in mind. And so, if you're like, if you are playing into a certain story, um, then why not just lean in? You know, if you do that and you're like, hey, players, for this next session, I've got a really great thing uh, planned. It's uh, it's a castle siege and then as you uh, and then as you prep that kind of thing in your player's mind they might think of helm's deep or they might think of some other kind of siege that's what's wonderful if you just kind of give them the forewarning that like hey this is what you can expect then they can start thinking about that and getting ideas for what they'd like to do and then once the actual uh, session comes you're sitting there and you're running it kind of as i was saying according to the plot development of Helm's Deep in Lord of the Rings, suddenly the players start seeing some familiarities. Maybe they make some jokes, some some uh, some comments. Maybe Lord of the Rings uh, even gives them some inspiration to act in a different way than they normally would. And that's kind of where the magic uh, comes from with borrowing ideas, is that it saves you time, gives you excellent plot beats and, and points, even if you don't follow it 100% you know, down to the letter. And then it also can help your players act differently than they normally would because they get to see like, oh, 
this is an opportunity to kind of live out a slightly different fantasy than the typical, oh, we're an adventuring party, you know, uh, in D&D. It kind of skews it a little towards a different story and makes it a more interesting thing. Justin here from How to Be a Better DM. We are weeks away from releasing our new actual play D&D show. It's going to be called Pact and Boon, and we're really excited about it. I wanted to take a second today to introduce the character that I'm going to be playing in the show, Jolland Gray. Jolland is a six-foot-tall Earth Ganassi, and he has tan skin that is almost the color of Red Canyon rock. He has black onyx eyes and a scar that runs from right above his left eye to right below his left eye. He has a large chestnut-colored beard and hair, and he's actually balding on the top of his head. He has a bit of a punch. He's, he's, he's a bit uh, portly. He's always smiling, which is why most people actually call him Jolly. At any given moment, you can expect Jolly to be wearing luxuries clothing because he was a very successful businessman and he loves the luxuries of society. When he's traveling as an adventurer, though, he wears as much armor as he can. You see, Jolly is an artificer, specifically an armorer. Jolly used to run and own a very successful tavern before it burned down, and because of that, he's very good at brewing alcohol and is actually somewhat of a connoisseur. Jolly hails from the town of Okrendel in Northern Gast, which is the northernmost country on the continent of Rel in the world of Calignus. Jolly is a happy-go-lucky person, and really, the only thing motivating him right now is revenge. If you want to find out why Jolly wants revenge, so badly. And for what? Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash pactnboon, that's P-A-C-T-N-B-O-O-N, and put in your name and email so you can get notified when Pact and Boon is released. Um, and so with that in mind, uh, that's kind of my, my first tip when borrowing is be aware of when you want to let the players know and when you don't. Because if you do, then you can do that kind of that prep work to let them know, like, hey, get in this mindset of that kind of story. And it can really save you a lot of time. Now, on the other hand, if you don't want them to know and you're like, hey, I, I want to kind of take similar ideas, but I don't want them to know where it's going. Like I said, reskin it, you know, make the different monsters than the ones in the story, uh, not some kind of orc ish thing, but instead have it be. Um, like gnomes for Pete's sake. That'd be kind of hilarious in its own way, just an army of gnomes. But it could be very interesting. And it and it casts such a different flavor to the story, even if you change nothing else. Uh, because gnomes have their own kind of past and their history. Um, so that's, that's kind of an interesting idea there. Um, beyond that, I think that if you're worried about... Uh, about your stories becoming just copycats, that, that's a totally valid concern, right? I would say that the way to avoid that is tweak wherever you feel it could improve, you could improve the story or change it in a very exciting way. And second, focus on character stories. If you have memorable NPCs, memorable motivations for your players, uh, and connections, then that story takes on a whole personal meaning uh, for them, and it becomes an entirely different thing, right? Uh, because unlike, you know, unlike another 
uh, hero story, uh, going back to Lord of the Rings, which I've mentioned probably too much at this point, uh, you know, they they aren't uh, Aragorn, Legolas, or Gimli, right? And that's kind of the great part for you is that you can write an entirely different story using a similar setting, similar plot, but then place different characters inside of it and, you know, really play to those characters' motivations. And the the entire end result will be fairly different in a positive way. Um, now, if you're trying to borrow ideas, uh, here's, here's what I'd really suggest. Thinking about motifs, settings, and scenes. Uh, so specifically, if you see a story, if you think of a story that you really enjoy, and you're like, okay, here's a story that happens on a boat. Could be a prison boat, could be a normal boat, could be a pleasure trip, right? Uh, if any of you have seen the movie Triangle of Sadness, um, then you'll know that that's kind of like, oh, that's a pleasure yacht uh, gone horribly wrong when it, you know, in, in multiple ways as some of the crew are, as some of the passengers are awful. And as a storm happens and as the pirates come, you know, you can take uh, scenes like that and settings and it just gives you so much to play around with because that movie or that story has already fleshed out some of the things that could happen in that setting and you just need to kind of have the options available you know it means that you can spend more time uh coming up with the mechanics which is always time consuming for me right you can come up with the mechanics of oh what does seasickness uh feel like and how does it affect the the players rather than having to come up with oh what if they could get seasick because the story is already there and it's already giving you that idea um other than that i said to mention scene to use scenes as well and scenes are kind of slightly different from settings in the way that it's like an event um you can you can borrow a lot from different events out there right like like competitions or trials Justin, uh, Rob, and I, we're actually, um, we're working on a one shot that has a lot to do with trials. And, and I can tell you right now, uh, even though we're trying to be fairly unique, each of us have gone into this with certain imagery in mind that has come from kind of, oh, trials from different stories that we've read or, you know, a monastery kind of monk setting. And, and that's all informing the story. And so I would think of events um, that you can really kind of copy, like an event, classic one, crashing on an island. Uh, or, oh, you, uh, you find out that um, one of your players is actually a long-lost child of a rich family. Guess what? That, that doesn't maybe sound too exciting. Just initially, it's like, oh, they found their family? Cool. They meet their family and... And that's it, and it's heartwarming, theoretically. No, what I'm saying right now is you can make that a lot more interesting. Think about movies where people have had a lost family and they found it. Uh, a lot of times those kinds of stories have to deal with, you know, a lot of feeling out of place. Sometimes that lost family is kind of shady or sketch. And sometimes that lost family is actually in trouble themselves. And if you just kind of get that idea from a story, borrow it and repurpose it to your player's interests, 
you've got a golden story arc right there. You know, the story arc where uh, where John uh, Fletching Arrow found his long lost brother and then he went back to the family and all the players came as guests, you know, because they're friends of John. And then, oh, wow, who would have thought that the family actually made their fortune uh, from enslaving uh, creatures of other races? And now you have to deal with that. Um, and those kinds of stories, like I'm coming up with a lot of stories right now. And, and, and yes, it is cheap to come up with stories. I realize that that's not the whole game. But if you're ever feeling like your stories are kind of boring, then borrowing an idea from a story that you know for a fact isn't boring, then that's a great way to start. And then from there you can be a little bit more creative and you'll feel the juices flow uh, a bit better because you will have started at a very exciting um, place. Or even if you didn't start at an exciting place or an exciting enough place from your own point of view, you can later on incorporate kind of a story, right? Have the players arrive at a Jurassic Park type location where it's just a land lost from time. Or have them have some of the kinds of events that happen to some of our favorite heroes and, and protagonists in, in movies and books that we love. And, and that would be my invitation to you is to, to look for opportunities uh, to spice up your story occasionally with a classic borrowed story arc. Um, and once again, take the time to make it unique to your adventure and to fit your players' uh, motivations and interests. Um, maybe add a new skin to it. But in the end, really try and follow that award-winning and interest-winning plot arc and, uh, and event kind of string. And if you do that, I, I honestly believe that you're going to have a really fun story arc and it's going to be a very new experience for your players. Um, you don't have to do everything alone as a DM. I, I know oftentimes it feels like it, but you can get inspiration and help in the end uh, from from these stories. So get on out there uh, when you're planning for your next few sessions. Uh, make sure to borrow something, something that intrigues you and, and inspires others. And uh, until next time, let's roll initiative. Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it? Here's what you can do. Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that, frankly, no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week.